Water splashes, silver flashes, an ancient pilgrimage of life. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. In my experience, one fear has loomed over all the environmental work I have done. Loss. Be it loss of a habitat, a species, biodiversity, childhood outdoor experiences, or even loss of a connection to place. Collectively, we work hard for a better future, celebrate and document the small successes, and try to substitute meaning, inspiration, and learning for feelings of sadness and disappointment from the failures. At times, though, the victories can seem so scarce in a world of profound and often irrevocable loss that it can be overwhelming, heartbreaking, and for many, lead to burnout. But every once in a while, all our efforts for good align, and our single efforts become a movement, and our movements lead to profound and beautiful results. Perhaps there has been no greater contemporary environmental success story in New England than that of one silvery springtime fish that is at this moment ascending the rapids, runs, and falls of our waterways as they head to their ancestral spawning grounds, alewives. This will be part one of a two-part series exploring these fish and the conservation work that brought them back. First, however, we have to get something straight. The fish most people commonly know as alewives, also called gaspero by maritime Canadians, represent two different species. One species is the alewife, but the second nearly identical species is the blueback herring. Both species are anadromous, or sea-run, river herring and are born in freshwater. They travel to the ocean to grow and mature, and then eventually return to freshwater to spawn. While both species school together during these seasonal runs, alewives spawn in coastal lakes and ponds, whereas blueback herring spawn in gravelly rivers and streams. To the untrained eye, these two species look almost identical, so for right now, let's just take them together as the success story they are. Alewives are often described as silvery, but when held in hand and turned this way and that, there are glints and gleams of metallic blues, purples, and olive accented with steely gray. Behind their gill plates is a single black or gray dot common in many river herring species. Their large, dark eyes serve them well in the deep ocean waters where they spend most of their time. Alewives are not especially large fish, averaging only 10 inches long and having a slim profile but individuals have been known to reach 16 inches. By the 1970s, alewives had almost been forgotten in most places, and the run of alewives had been decimated. Take the Penobscot River in the heart of Maine as an example. As of 2008, the alewife run numbered less than 200,000 fish. Thanks to a lot of hard work by a variety of conservation partners who removed dams and added fish passage, over 2 million alewives were counted at the Milford Dam fish lift on the Penobscot River last year. In just over a decade, we had greater than an order of magnitude increase on the size of this magnificent run, from 200,000 fish in 2008 to over 2 million fish in 2019. While this is still a modest run compared to what ecologists believe the river held prior to European arrival, this is still a huge conservation success story, and a marvel to watch. Outside of the salmon runs of Alaska, there are few rivers in the world where you can see rivers so thick with sea-run fish that you could practically cross the rivers on their backs, but that is exactly what I have witnessed on many main rivers and streams thanks to collaborative conservation efforts around the state. So this weekend, you could try to find one of these magnificent runs, 
As you get near the river, be sure to smell the air. A healthy run of alewives often smells as briny and rich as the ocean, a smell that is not usually associated with a forest river or stream. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we will take a look at the profound impact these little fish have had on our ecosystem, and, of course, my all-time favorite alewife recipe. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 